Ira Winkler, Chief Information Security Officer with Skyline Technology Solutions in the U.S., recommends that CFOs consider ransomware prevention as a cost of doing business. In reflecting on the topic of cybersecurity insurance as a good investment, he opined that ransomware is a key purchase driver because a successful attack is expensive even if you don't pay the ransom. In this podcast for Future CFO, we are joined by James McClary, Managing Director, Cyber Risk, Kroll, who will share his opinions on options available for CFOs as they deal with the rising tide of ransomware. James, welcome to Podchats for Future CFO. Thank you, Alan. Uh, great to be here. From the perspective of a CFO, is ransomware any different from other cyber threats or threats? Uh, yeah, I, I believe it is because, um, you know, if you consider some of the other cyber threats, they're often very technical in nature in terms of the response. So it could be um, dealing with uh, data theft, which results in confidentiality. It could be a, a DDoS attack or some malware, which uh, has implications on availability of the organization. But when we talk about ransomware, we are you know, firmly in, in the remit of financial extortion. And the CFO has you know, a big concern and a big role to play in, in that respect. And beyond that, you know, it brings in the aspects of what are we actually going to do now that we have this ransomware? Do we actually make a payment as an organization or is it risk appetite that we will not pay to such ransomware requests? Taking it to the next step of even if we were to say, yes, we will pay, but do we have the ability to pay? So these are all matters that the CFO would be bringing from their perspective into how ransomware is responded to. Do CFOs make good cybersecurity advocates and to what extent should CFOs get involved when it comes to the life cycle of cyber threats, including ransomware? So, you know, interestingly, uh, finance functions themselves are regularly targeted by cyber threat actors. And why would that be? Well, you know, finance holds a lot of um, sensitive and, and valuable data. And if the threat actors get hold of that information, then it's very good ammunition to then use for a subsequent ransomware attack. So one way that the finance function in general can be a good cybersecurity advocate is to advocate for good data hygiene and protection of some of those critical data assets. So within the finance function itself, do you know what data you are holding that is deemed critical and does it have the proper protective controls around it? Another aspect more direct to the CFO, we see CFOs regularly targeted for what we call business email compromise attacks. So not so much ransomware, but this is where the cyber attackers have been able to compromise the email system, you know, maybe through phishing attack, and then they issue an instruction to the CFO or from the CFO, which looks very legitimate, maybe making a, a request for a payment transaction to be made urgently. And it, it is still surprising that we see many successful cyber attacks conducted towards CFO 
CFOs using that approach. Other ways that CFOs can be uh, good advocates is um, the CFO in their day-to-day job are in many ways risk managers in themselves. You know, they need to understand the risk of investments and making the right investments. And and so by working closely with the security and and IT leaders in the company, uh, the CFO can ensure that the investment strategy is commensurate with the business risk uh, and act very much as a partner and advocate across the organization to ensure that cyber risks are being addressed appropriately through investment. Now, we often hear of some ransomware threats being conducted in cryptocurrency. Is this form of payment going to be a concern to the CFO or any form of payment should be a concern, right? Yeah, certainly any form of payment, but it is true. I mean, in general terms, most ransomware request payments to be made in crypto, normally Bitcoin, due to the, the, the anonymity that that provides. It certainly is a concern. I mean, just from a very uh, basic concept, um, the CFO, if you think, if I need to make that payment today, do I have the capability? You know, does the organization hold a cryptocurrency account that they could transfer Bitcoin? And, you know, many organizations will not. And, uh, you know, that should be properly tested within the security plans. But perhaps most more importantly, it's generally not a good practice for a company to be making such a payment directly. You know, there are legal considerations that would come into play and some jurisdictions have or are in the process of making it mandatory to report if any such payment should be made. And of course, there are also uh, certain rules, for example, the the OFAC uh, state that it is illegal to make such uh, ransomware payments. So it's important that the CFO in particular are aware of the legal implications and the cross-jurisdictional legal implications in regards to making such payments uh, for ransomware. How should the CFO address the convergence in the rise of ransomware as a service and other new practices? The increase in reliance on vulnerable IT systems by physical process controls and the evolving cyber insurance market. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a great question. Let me tackle uh, the three points. So, you know, one thing uh, regarding the ransomware as a service that has been extremely prevalent and makes the barrier of entry to for someone to conduct a ransomware attack very easy at a low cost. But good news in recent months, a lot of the global authorities have really clamped down on ransomware as a service uh, sites, uh, particularly the marketplaces on the dark web. How However, cyber attackers are very versatile. They've uh, they've now pivoted to uh, a new method that we're seeing coming out more as a trend, which is is called initial access brokers. So this is in effect a cyber group who gains access to the organisation and then sells that access to another cyber attack group to simply walk in the open door and launch their own ransomware. Uh, So there are some implications there that the CFO should certainly be involved in. One aspect that they may consider uh, working with their security leaders is what active monitoring is done around the dark web uh, to see if 
their company or, or even the CFO's credentials themselves have been exposed and are being sold uh, on the dark web. Furthermore, uh, uh, you know, on, on, in terms of the vulnerable IT systems, Kroll recently conducted a survey with VMware and Red Canary, which gathered uh, opinions from security leaders in regards to the impact of the pandemic. And an interesting statistic that came out of that was that 57% of security leaders see an increased exposure to ransomware due to working from home and reliance on a more vulnerable security setup and vulnerable IT systems uh, when working from home. So um, I do recommend that the CFO um, challenge uh, some of those security investment strategies that were maybe put together pre-pandemic and make sure that they now reflect some of that new normal is there sufficient investment in protecting those vulnerable systems in the pandemic world of working from home and and using multiple devices and so on in addition um, we also recommend for the cfo to secure their own home environment so you know if the cfo themselves is working from home are they using the default password on their router and you know just these normal cyber hygiene matters that really become much more important because the CFO will be a high priority target. On the insurance piece, the CFO has a pivotal role in understanding potential loss of a cyber attack and of course the potential loss could be catastrophic when you bring everything into consideration, you know, the cost of uh, business loss, the cost of reputation, the cost of third party support and uh, liability. Cyber insurance has matured a lot in the APAC region in in this space and and we're seeing much more take up. But of course, it is a question of risk appetite of the organisation. But I do believe that that is something that the CFO should be front and centre in helping shape that risk appetite decision as to whether cyber insurance is valid and you know that is one way of actually covering potential loss on ransomware payments. Can you cite any good reading material for CFOs when it comes to ransomware readiness? As if there's something like that, I don't know. Well, um, you know, Kroll uh, produces regular articles and circulars on latest trends in ransomware. Uh, So we just uh, recently released a mailing on this uh, new trend for initial access brokers moving Mm -hmm. away from the ransomware as a service. So these are available on our website, on LinkedIn and on mailing lists. Of course, there is the future CFO material and the the associated material, uh, future CIO material. I would also point CFOs to take a look at some of the official government agency materials. For example, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency of the USA, which is CISA.gov. They have a whole series on ransomware, giving a very uh, detailed explanation of uh, you know what to look out for, what to do to prepare, respond, uh, and ultimately to recover. My organization received ransomware as a CFO, what should I be doing? What, who should I be talking to? What are the steps that my organization needs to walk through to try and hopefully resolve the issue that at hand? 
Yeah, so um, preparedness really is key. So um, it would always be my suggestion to not wait until it happens, but uh, to have tried and tested plans in place in advance. Uh, and this is something that the, the CFO can help to drive. So does the organisation have a crisis management scenario for ransomware? And has it been tested? You know, have simulations and tabletop exercises disease being run so that people are aware of what to do should that event actually appear. We really do want to avoid that it becomes a, a surprise event where we have to react on a basis of not knowing the procedure. So I do recommend to advocate for those uh, plans to be in place, to test them through simulations, and also make sure that you do have uh, trusted partners uh, in place that can assist you. These are very complex matters, so relying internally on decisions around ransomware payments may not be the best approach. So having a good, trusted third parties who are, you know, deal with these types of situations on a regular basis uh, and can give good coaching from a crisis management perspective and can even uh, give advice on uh, steps to take in regards to payments. One other thing just to mention that always uh, comes up that I see in the crisis management around ransomware is it becomes an emergency and the response teams typically need emergency budgets to tackle the situation. So it's a good practice for the CFO to consider as part of your crisis management to have those emergency budget response plans ready to go. And if it does become a major reputational impact, then, you know, the CFO should also have appropriate liquidity management plans in place. They can uh, stable the ship and, and ensure that the organization maintains its uh, a steady course uh, throughout the uh, cyber attack event. Very sound advice, James. Thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CFO. Thank you very much. My, my pleasure. That was James McClary, Managing Director, Cyber Risk Crawl, on CFO Strategies Against Ransomware. You are listening into Podcast for Future CFO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcast for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CFO. Bye for now. Thank you.